helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. Sacrifices. This is something we face in our daily lives. And it's something that I'd say for many of us, it's not something we really look forward to. These are challenges we face. These are sometimes things that we really value and love that it feels we need to give up. But I challenge us all today to consider what can we gain if we choose to sacrifice something? What opportunities are out there if we begin to think of these sacrifices not as a challenge or a burden, but as an opportunity for growth? This is what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be learning all about how growth can come from sacrifice. And we'll be looking to the Bible as inspiration for our conversation today and a story that I'm sure many of our listeners are very familiar with. So stay tuned because we are going to have some exciting conversations about this important topic. My name is Melissa Waggett, and I am the co-host of the Life Transformation Show, and I want to welcome you to our show today. I'm so happy you've decided to join us. If this is your first time tuning in, let me give you an extra special welcome and direct you to our website at elamcounselingministry.com. Elam is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. There you can find out more about this exciting ministry as well as the different services we offer. Through Elam, we are able to provide professional counseling services at a subsidized rate in the Ottawa area. So we really encourage you, if you feel that you would benefit from our services, to give us a call at 1-877-544-3546 and explore some of the different services we offer through our website as well. We also want to remind listeners that this The services that we do provide are often provided on a subsidized rate. And to do this, we rely upon donations from people like yourselves who may have benefited from the show each and every week or from our counseling services. So again, while you're on our website, we encourage you to consider a donation to this ministry. We are a non-for-profit organization and your donations go a huge way in allowing us to provide these valuable counseling services and also to host this show each and every week and to explore these topics that are so important to us and affect us all in our daily lives, no matter where we find ourselves. If you are a faithful listener, you know I am not alone in studio. With me in studio each and every week is Michael Hart. He is a certified counselor, psychotherapist, pardon me, and he's also the director of Elam Counseling Services. And he joins me each and every week to explore these important and worthwhile topics. So, Michael, thank you so much for joining us in studio. Thank you very much. And joining me. I feel like I get my one-on-one time with you each and every week, and I just love it because I learn so much. Well, I think this is a very appropriate topic for us to be talking about here, sacrifice and self-growth. And I want to thank you for your sacrifices that you have made over the years to be a part of this show and to 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 come here day after day to help me explore these very important topics. So I would like to believe, as we talk about sacrifice and self-growth, that you have grown in some way, Melissa, by being here <laughs> on the show, and that I have grown as well from receiving your questions. And it's funny when you say over the years, because it has been a few years we've been doing this, and I think back how much I've learned myself, because the topics we explore are really practical. Um, and what I love 
about these topics is we'll take often these biblical stories or these complex psychological principles and break them down to the realities of today and what is affecting me at my breakfast table with my kids in the morning or when I'm having a conversation with my boss. You really keep things real, Michael, which I really appreciate. Um, And you make it in such an accessible way that I think we can apply these pearls we learn each and every week to our lives like right this minute, that next interaction you're having with someone who may be that difficult person in your life. I know I've learned a lot of tips and tricks through that. And I think back to our shows and I've re-listened to some when I'm stuck in some situations. We have a couple hundred out there right now. So there's a topic for everyone, I think. And you can find all of those on our website at elamcounselingministry.com if you're a new listener to us and haven't been on this journey with us for the past few years. So again, our website is elamcounselingministry.com. Elam is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's ministry.com or you can always call us toll free at 1-877-544-3546 so Melissa in in keeping up to the trend that we have been doing over the years in using biblical passages and and drawing from these passages extrapolating from these passages uh, practical uh, tools and 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 principles to live by we're we're going to be doing that today using a, a very unlikely scripture it's one of those scriptures in the bible those passages in the bible i should say that theologians have wrestled with for centuries and uh, some uh, people how some theologians have said that it doesn't really fit into in scripture in, in the way that other texts do other texts of the bible in how other texts seems to fit in and this is the story about abraham and isaac and god calling abraham to sacrifice his son in other words to kill his son on an altar as a way of sacrificing to God. Well, the the good news about that story, for those of you who might not be familiar with the Bible, is that God stopped Abraham at the point of when he had raised the knife to sacrifice his son. So one of those bizarre stories where he called him to, God called him to sacrifice his son, but at the point that he was about willing and decided that he was going to take the life of his son out of obedience to God, God said, no, don't do that. And then as the story continued in Genesis 22, God pronounced blessings on Abraham that he had promised him years before. But then this time he used the word, surely I'm going to give you those blessings. So I think there are some gems in this story that we miss when we read it at the surface level. And I want us to discuss the story in a way today that we are going to go deeper below the surface and look, what exactly is God trying to teach us? And and what I think this story is really about, it's about sacrifice and self-growth. And I think, and and spiritual growth and and self-growth. And I think there is a way in which when we don't sacrifice and we hold on to things too tightly, it stands in the way of the blessings that God has in store for us. So as you said, Michael, this is a bit of a 
a funny story and how it's described and the dichotomy between loving God and a God that would put someone through this. I often have this image when I think of this story is poor Isaac looking up into the eyes of his dad with the knife over his hand and yes. how alarming that would be. Right. Absolutely. And as you said, it's, it's we're drawing from Genesis 22 for those people who would like to follow along. What are some initial symbolism that you've been able to pull out from this story that you've keyed into as, hmm, that's that's a sign there's something deeper going on here um, that you've been able to identify in this text. Well, I think in 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 the story we have the the the, the words at the beginning of the story where, it, where uh, God said to to Abraham to sacrifice your son, and then we have these words added that seems to just come out of nowhere, where God says, "Your son, whom you love." So it's not like Abraham had many sons, and God had to say, well, you know, it's that special one that you love. You have these 12 sons, but I want you to sacrifice the one that that you love. It wasn't that case at all. It's as if God was saying that there is an attachment that you have to this son, and I want to see if you can bring yourself to a point where you're willing to break with that attachment, because until you're willing to break with that unhealthy attachment that you have to this son, I can't really bless you. The promises, the blessings that I have made to you, I can't really give it to you until you're willing to let go of what I already have blessed you with. And I think this is the the paradox that we, we find in a lot of our lives, is that the very things that God has blessed us with become a stumbling block, and He can't manifest the bigger blessings into our lives because we are holding on to those initial blessings too tightly. So in this story, I think God is saying to Abraham, Abraham, it's not really about Isaac. Isaac is just a part of the promise. There is a bigger blessing that I have for you that is going to come your way. But it seems as if there is this attachment that I have to break before. So I think this story that is so hard to understand and seems so bizarre is really about God saying, let go so that I can bless you. And so in this story, we see this attachment to the son and the love of the son. What are other things um, that people attach themselves to? Those you, you described it, that blessing sometimes that we're given can be the thing that we need to break ourselves from. If it's not a son in this story, what are other ways people do this that we may identify with in our life today? Well, I think uh, having counseled hundreds of people, if not thousands of people, what I've come to realize is that sometimes people, for example, in romantic relationships, because they're so much, quote-unquote, in love with the person that they have in their lives already, the attachment is, is unhealthy in a way that they because they're not willing to let it go that relationship cannot grow and for example if an ex- what let's, let me give an example of what that could look like so for example a wife who is so much in love with her husband that she doesn't want to confront his unhealthy behavior because of fear that he might leave her 
will have a situation where they're stuck in an unhealthy place for their entire relationship. Or vice versa, a man who loves his wife so much that there are things that is happening that is creating havoc with other family members or even havoc in their relationship. But he's just too much afraid that if I stand up or if I speak up, I might lose that relationship creates a state where that relationship cannot grow. The very thing that is a source of blessing is also a source of hindrance. The Bible, Jesus in the New Testament talks about unless a grain of seed falls to the ground and dies, it shall not bring forth fruit. And so if you picture this grain of seed and you're saying, I love this grain so much, And it's the last grain that I have. And I'm so attached to this grain that I'm going to hold on to it. Then that holding on will prevent the harvest from happening. And when you're giving up that grain of seed, it takes a lot of faith. Because a planting looks very much like a burial. And there are times when you give up things that it's going to look like a death. It's going to look like, and I'm sure when Isaac was on that altar, it looked like a death. You know, uh, Abram is thinking this is the death of the only son, my only son that I love. But God is saying that son that you love, you have to be willing to, to let it go because I can't bless you unless you do so. So people sometimes out of fear of losing romantic relationships hold on to it too tight and it hinders their blessings. Are there any other type of relationship impacts we see? We we see this parental relationship with Isaac um, in the story and Abraham. Are there other relationships we have but w- with parents and kids that are problematic that people need to let go to? Yes, I think there there can be uh, times where parents can be so attached to their children that there is this what what is could be what they see as love that they they don't want to hurt the feelings of the child they don't want to discipline the child because they are so much and they're so they so love this child so much that they give the child everything that they want and there is no discipline or parents who become so enmeshed in other words so much involved in their children's life that they try to control and do everything for that child. And in the end, the child gets to a a state where they become totally incompetent and unable. And so that love becomes a curse because they didn't let go of that child. So, So for children to thrive and to 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 become to reach their full potential we have to be able to sacrifice we have to be able to let go so that they can grow and thrive in the story of the prodigal son for example the father when the son came to him and the younger son and say give me this inheritance because you know i want to go and explore life that father could have held back the inheritance or the father in the story could have held back the inheritance and said no i can't give you that i'm not dead yet you'll get it when i die but the father out of wisdom realized that this son he had to let go of him and as the story went we this son found himself 
outside of his father's presence, came to this place of maturity, came to this place of realization of who he is and what he needed to do in life, came to a healthier place because the father in the story of the prodigal son was willing to let him go, was willing to risk losing that son. Some of us would say, no, I have to protect him. Even though he's an adult, I have to protect him from himself. But the son would not have grown and come to the realizations that he came to in the story if the father had held on too tightly, tightly to his son. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Life Transformation Show. Today, we're talking about sacrifice and self-growth. If you've missed the first half of today's show, we encourage you to listen to it on our website at elamcounselingministry.com. Elam is spelt E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. Or you can always call us toll-free at 1-877-544-3546, and we'd be happy to connect you with a copy of today's show. We also want to remind our listeners at this time of our upcoming healing retreat on November 16th to 18th at Providence Point in Lanark County. This is an exciting weekend of growth and renewal, and miracles have happened at these retreats. And this is your opportunity to have that breakthrough you've been longing for. If you want to join us on this weekend, we encourage you to call us toll free at 1-877-544-3546 or visit our website at elamcounselingministry.com. We hope to see you there. So Michael, um, the story continues to evolve. So we just finished talking about how Abraham had to sacrifice the thing he loved for growth. And we've talked a little bit about those things we love in, in our lives today and the opportunities you've described that can come from just making that sacrifice and those hard choices and the growth that can happen for you as the person making the sacrifice and the right. people in your life. What other symbolism do we see play out in this story? I think if we if we think about the the, the symbolism of the lamb caught in the ticket, we're we're told that uh, Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a was a ram caught in the ticket. I think it's very important for us to realize that the the, the word behind him is very important. There's something the author of this story is trying to tell us. Why did he have to say behind him? He could have just said, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw a ram caught in the ticket. But the, the author goes to great extent to describe where this this ram was. And it sort of comes out of nowhere. It's sort of it's a detail that you could skip over in the story as being unimportant. But I think this is very important because what this means is that Abraham must have passed that ram before on his way to the place of sacrifice. So he missed seeing the ram that God had already provided because his his focus was on Isaac. And he was too anxious about letting go of, of his son, the, whole, the only son that he loved. And so I think the, 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 the ram caught in the ticket to me is missed opportunities. There are times when we miss opportunities because we are holding on to, to the things that we love too tightly. There are some of us who have missed opportunities for, for tremendous 
uh, opportunities in life because we held on to things like our sleep too tightly. I can't give up my sleep to 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 go and make the sacrifices to train for for something that I want to excel excel in or you know i i can't give up my the game that i love to play the nintendo or whatever it is that some some of us play today we we're we're holding on to those things too tightly and we are too focused on them and we are anxious about letting them go so we miss opportunities so abraham missed that opportunity but i think also the 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 lamb the ram behind him is also represents opportunities that God has provided, provisions, I should say, that God has made for us. God had already provided that ram. And if if Abraham wasn't so anxious about letting go his only son that, that he loved, he would have seen that ram. And maybe he could have a conversation with God and say, God, there is a ram here. Uh, what What's really going on? But he missed it because he was just too anxious about sacrificing his son. But in Genesis 22 verse 9, we, 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 we are told that there is an altar that he built. And I think this, this ram goes along with the altar because in those days animals are sacrificed on an altar. So I think the ram is also uh, symbolic of worship. And what it is saying is that when we are too focused on the things that we love and we are holding on to those things too much, we miss opportunities for worship. And I think worship comes when we are able to put God before the things that we that we that we love. And I, I think too when we do that, when we hold on to things too tightly, it stands in the way of our happiness. So how do people begin to let those things go and to get in that place of happiness? Because sacrifice in and of itself can be a challenge to do. Even right. getting to that place where you know your eyes are down and you're not seeing things can be extremely tricky. Yes. How do you begin to release those things? And what happens when we begin to give and let things go, if I, anything? I need some hope for letting these things go because right, the letting right. go can be tricky. Right. I think it, it comes to uh, trusting God. It, some things that people are afraid to let go. For example, in relationship, I'll have people that they will come in and they will tell me the circumstances of what is happening in their relationship. And I say, I would I would say this is one scenario that could play out. Maybe you need to put some boundaries in place so that this person can realize that you're serious about these godly changes taking place in your relationship. And they'll say, no, I can't do that because if I do that, what if this person leaves me and I am left alone? Or what if I do this and my child hates me for the rest of his or her life. And I think to me there that that represents a lack of uh, of an, an inability to trust God to say God I can trust you that even though this doesn't is not something that I am comfortable with then I I can still go along with it because it seems like godly advice and it lines up well with the principles of scripture. When we talk about uh 
uh, boundaries and holding people to account as Jesus did in Matthew chapter 12 where he talks about if your brother be overtaken in a fault you go and you show your brother is his fault and if he still holds on to the fault you bring witnesses uh, and then you take this person before the, the the church and if not then you treat these people like a pagan many people are afraid to follow this so I think first of all it it it, it represents an inability to trust but I think sometimes it's a reflection that we're carrying wounds ourselves from our childhood that makes us so afraid of abandonment and rejection because if we feel we, we, we know the pain that we felt in childhood and if we take this stand we are so afraid that it's going to feel like that abandonment that we dread so much. So sometimes before we can come to this place we have to go through a phase of healing for ourselves where we focus on ourselves and we get well because only a person who is emotionally healthy that can do the kind of tough love that Jesus talks about in in, in the book of Matthew where he, he asks us to hold others to account. I think when we are unhealthy we make excuses and we and we spiritualize these things. One one uh one woman who her husband had sexually molested her daughters for many years uh when it finally came out when the the, the daughters were were in their late teens, the wife immediately say, I forgive him. And she took no stance in holding him to account or protecting her daughter. She went directly to I forgive him. But when we explore this case more fully, a lot of times it's because she has wounds that she hasn't dealt with. And holding him to account is a scary thing. So it's it's easier to say, I forgive you, than to say what you did is wrong and you need help to deal with whatever it is that is driving you to do this. And I think that, that again, speaks so boldly to that it's things are so much deeper sometimes than what we're seeing on the surface and the importance of being healthy and whole yourself so you can make healthy choices. What other lessons do we learn from this story? Or is there any other research that's out there to support healthy giving um, and the benefits of beginning to make these sacrifices Beyond just the Bible, yes, there's been a lot of studies that talks of, that looks into what makes people happy. And interestingly, one of the things that they say that make you happy is giving. Research was done by the University of Zurich where they recruited 50, 50 uh, people and they divided them in groups of 25 and they gave each group a sum of money. And for one of the group, they said, I want you to spend this money on yourself. Just indulge yourself with the money that you get. But for the other group, they said, each week that you get this sum of money, I'd like you to go out and to find, to give away some of this money to, 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 to a charity. And and what they found after several weeks of monitoring these, the, the, the mood of these people is that the group who gave away, who regularly gave away some of the money that they received, that this group was happier. But not only that, they found that uh, their, the regions of their brain that deals with reward was functioning a lot better than the other group who was holding on tightly to their money. So even the, the studies, the psychological studies, are showing that there is tremendous blessing that come 
from giving. So I think there is there is a lesson in this story for us, and we are, we are quickly out of time, Melissa, so we might have to wrap up here, but I'd just like to reiterate that sacrifice is linked to self-growth in every sphere of life, and it's also linked to spiritual growth. And there is a, there is a sense in which God cannot really bless us, and we cannot really be happy if we hold on too tightly to the things that we love. Immediately after Abraham was willing to sacrifice Isaac, was well, as soon as he raised the, the knife and God stopped him and said, and he saw the ram, God, the angels appeared to him a second time and, and said, I'm going to bless you. Your offspring is going to be like the sand of the seashore. This was a promise that was already made to him in Genesis 17. But what is very powerful is that when it is made this second time in Genesis 22, the word surely is attached, where God said now, surely I will bless you. And the angels of God declared, surely I I will bless you. And so there's a sense in which something transpired in the spiritual realm, something happened in the spiritual realm because of Abraham's obedience, where now the blessing that was promised a long time ago is now released. And so I'd like to say to some of you listening to my voice today that there are some principles here that, that you can follow to reap God's blessing. And there are some things that you're holding on too tightly to out of fear or out of just... Uh, a sense of, of 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 loving too much, but God is asking you to trust Him is what with what He's calling you to do. So we're quickly out of time. If you'd like to hear more about this, please give us a call at one eight seven seven five four five four four. Tell me about the number again. One eight seven seven five four four three five four six. Or go, go to our website at elimcounselingministry.com to hear more about this. So until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services. And Melissa Waggett. Praying together that God would bless you in all your relationships and keep you sound in mind and pure in heart.